1: may have heard of us all right what's up rising generation and children of royalty this is Stephen, your host from phantology joined with our resident grand maester hayden who will be providing some uh, expert level hopefully uh right hayden uh guidance <laughs> on uh on haas the dragon and we're talking about episode six
0: yeah, super excited to talk about this episode because, in my opinion, it was the best one yet. Um, and I was super nervous about the, the time jump right, and right, the new right. actresses, uh, new actors, all of it. You know, it was, it was definitely um, scary moving into it, but I think they nailed it.
1: I also, after watching, I, I thought this is the best episode yet. And that's not the first time that I've thought this with the yeah. show. Not yeah. every time but there's been several where I'm like, this is the best one so far. So uh, that that's good. That's a good sign. <laughs> totally. So like you say, there's a lot of questions around the, you know, the, the time skip, the different actors and actresses. What stood out to you, especially because it sounds like both of us thought that uh, they really nailed it on all fronts. Yeah. Well, I
0: mean, we got that opening scene, that one shot scene with uh, Rhaenyra, uh you know, first giving birth to this new child and then um allison immediately wanting to inspect it uh-huh. and uh Rhaenyra walking saying all right if you're gonna expect, inspect my baby I, i'm gonna go bring it to you and and walks across um you know the courtyard and whatever all the way uh to her and i thought the acting was just phenomenal in that entire scene and it was immediately blown away I think it was a great scene to introduce uh, Emma Darcy as Rhaenyra.
1: Yeah, I agree. It really just introduced you, caught you up really quickly. Like 10 years have passed and the characters, we we had a pretty good glimpse of where they were headed from the end of episode five, but then, you know, into episode six, a lot of time has passed. Not sure exactly where things stand, but immediately that was established and, and that scene did a lot to do that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we, we have some, um, Questioning from Alicent about the uh, true parentage of Rainier's children um, immediately right off the bat, you know, saying that they are plain featured and uh, look a lot
1: like Harwin Strong. (laughs) I was a little disappointed we didn't get the uh, the comments about them being strong boys, like, oh, you're whatever it was in Fire and Blood, right? That was the, the inciting comments
0: yeah but she you you could tell she chose every opportunity to to put that mm. in there to whoever she was mm. speaking with yeah which you know in obviously is not a an ideal situation for rainier uh you know lineage <laughs> yet uh th- that's the case and everyone's questioning it mm. so
1: and it's just a continuation of this uh arrangement that she came to with uh, Lanar at the end of episode five or in episode five. and you can tell that she didn't really think about the future consequences because now 10 years have passed and she has three illegitimate children and this is kind of the crux of the conflict right now because Allison feels like she's been lied to and betrayed and really the court has kind of a been made a mockery because of uh Rhaenyra's irresponsible actions and i mean josh is not here on this episode but if, i think if josh was here he would be bashing ranera not acting like the uh the princess <laughs> that westeros needs
0: well uh we watched the episode together and uh, josh is now okay. a black team black so yeah <laughs> uh, really he didn't yeah he, he switched
1: he so switched that, that's that's the opposite of what i thought of how i thought he would act
0: <laughs> he switched because uh allison made some questionable you know decisions or the people on her side at least during mm. this episode so so
1: I, i'm i'm the other way i'm i'm totally team green
0: really okay yeah, that's damn. that's
1: surprising to me why why did you uh decide to switch i think you know okay so neither neither side is has too much moral high ground and right. any that they do is <laughs> we can probably assume it's going to be eroded pretty quickly, but I I just get the sense that Alison wants, she, she wants like righteousness and justice in the kingdom. And she sees Rhaenyra as an affront to that. I think Josh is probably upset because Rhaenyra is kind of extending an olive branch with her marriage proposal. And Alison kind of brushes it aside and bosses the serious around, but Alison is a, comes off to me as a pretty strong ruler and is getting what she wants done and, uh, more effective in, in in a more effective way than any other nobility that we've seen on the show so far, at least in this episode.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, that in this show, I'm definitely, um, I see where Allison's coming from a lot more than I do when I read fire and blood. (laughs) And I, I, I definitely like, um, can kind of side with her in a lot of these situations. Um and it was interesting that whole uh, small council scene where they're talking and Alicent, uh-huh. you know, gives her advice and Rainier gives her advice and they both like strong council and both have very strong voices now in in the council. And I thought that was I thought it was really really cool. Really cool to see that Rainier had kind of stepped up. Um and that Alicent had also stepped up. I think Alicent had the most change out of all of the characters in this 10-year time gap, Mm. it seems.
1: Yeah, she went, even in episode five, that seemed like where where she had started to change, but she went from being fairly naive and almost like overly romantically optimistic about life to now settling into court politics and intrigue. However, she's Mm. not, you know, she's still surprised by, uh, what's his name, Laris Clubfoot? right she's she's surprised Ooh. by the the lengths that he goes Aren't to we him. all aren't yeah, we all yeah and so she's not she hasn't like completely descended into intrigue and uh, you know she's not an evil person by any means yeah
0: but she has definitely got a snake in her garden mm-hmm. uh <laughs> you know whispering her things and uh doing things for her uh i that was you know a shock to everyone right because uh you know, in Fire and Blood, we don't know exactly mm-hmm. how the fire starts and how they die in that, you know, who who uh, starts that fire, right? right. And Laris um, was the perfect pick, I think, uh, for this. And it's just telling to how how much he's willing to do uh, to gain advantage in this, uh, in this battle. I think this
1: show really needed a villain like this, someone that we can clearly yeah. say this guy's a villain because there were a lot of characters like that in game of Thrones. And, you know, we had some, we have lots of characters of nebulous moral standing, but Mm -hmm. this is a good villain. This is someone that you can kind of, you know, you can see the evil wheels in his head turning, uh, but we're also not sure exactly, uh, you know, what his end goals are. I think he's a, he's a great game of Thrones.
0: Yeah. But we can also kind of speculate, you know um, about his end goals Uh because because his, you know, his family that he killed were supposed to, his brother was supposed to inherit Hall, but now right. it falls on him. Right. Um, and that kind of leaves uh, a spot open for when Viserys dies, uh, a possible marriage between him and Alison. Mm. And to think about that, it's kind of, Ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause we don't, we don't know how involved they are. Um, but it, it was kind of, it was kind of weird that he was just already chomping on the food when she walked in, you know, to that meeting. And uh-huh. uh,
1: uh-huh. you could tell that they spent a lot of time together. So one thing that we've talked about kind of on the flip side of this, we've talked about this a little bit on our, on our phantology discord. Uh, people feel like this show is missing a character, like a more righteous character, someone who, you know, the Jon Snow type character, someone who, who does have strong moral fiber and, and we can just kind of cheer for Without worrying that he's about to go off and do something wicked, uh, that character doesn't really exist, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. There's not really, yeah, there's no like hero, right? Everyone's kind of gray in this story.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if uh, some of the kids, some of the some of the rising generation. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember enough of Fire and Blood to kind of know what happens to most of them, but I think that there's room there with some of their characters to turn at least one of them into someone that we can really cheer for. And I do think the show needs that. I mean, for, for all that it's fun to kind of see a bunch of wicked scheming people go after each other. It's also nice to have someone that we can actually cheer for like hope does well. (laughs) Yeah, it it is.
0: It is nice. And um, right now, you know, we're all clinging to our own little, you know, uh, the, the lesser evil, people <laughs> yeah exactly. for me that's damon uh I, i'm <laughs> clinging to damon still yeah it, so it, it would be nice you know to have one of these kids or somebody in the future to kind of root for it was awesome to see all these kids introduced and to see that they are going to be a big part of this story because in in a song yeah. of ice and fire the focus is the children you know
1: right right
0: and how they grow in the world um, amidst all this conflict right? and the decisions they make. And so th- this will be really, really exciting. I'm really excited to see. I, I loved all of the actors uh, for these kids already. So um, I'm really excited to see where they go.
1: Seeing all these kids being introduced and training in the courtyard, like you say, a lot of shades of the Stark kids at the mm-hmm. beginning. And that, that was really the heart of the show. So I, I I do also I really liked uh, the kids being introduced. So give us uh, a little rundown of who these kids are. For I, I'm imagining there's some viewers who are like, man, there were already a lot of characters, now there's even more, and <laughs> their names all kind of sound similar. So yeah, who, so, so yeah, who do we, we have? Aegon, obviously, who was the first
0: kid introduced um, a few episodes ago mm-hmm. um, on his
1: the, old, the oldest one with the very yeah. long hair.
0: He's the old kind of like punk kid that's, uh, you know, being a teenager uh, publicly out his window, Uh Um, which, by the way, might be the same window, kind of look like the same window that Tommen jumps out of in Game of Thrones. That would be ironic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, Aegon, he's, uh, you know, Alicent thinks that he's going to be the heir to the throne. And uh, we'll see how that goes. (laughs) And then we have his younger brother, Aemon who uh is a very interesting character he's he's very obsessed with the dragons as we can tell mm-hmm. and he doesn't have one yet he hasn't claimed a dragon yet and so these right. other kids are picking on him you know uh bringing him the pink dread <laughs> which is kind of funny but it's kind of cruel because that's like as a targaryen that's like your, you know your your right to a dragon right, right. um and and he doesn't have one yet um
1: uh, what dragon but- was it that he saw down in the dragon pit
0: That was um, Vagar, Lena's dragon. Uh, So
1: very... Lena's dragon was in the... But she was often... They were often leased.
0: Yeah, there there is some um, travel stuff going on here. uh, Because, yeah, there's there's quite a bit of scenes that just kind of like jump. uh, They kind of skip the travel between places in this episode. And that's one that I... You know, I was kind of confused about as well vegar being okay. in the pit but it looked it definitely looked like Vagar to me i don't know C-
1: correct me if i'm
0: wrong could and be Vagar, a different dragon
1: vegar is a much older dragon right Vagar's he's the, the one... oldest and the biggest
0: yeah, yeah dragon right, um right. so that was kind of like a scary scary scene approaching that dragon in in the uh you know in the pit so um yeah so Eamon, super interested in and in, Uh, where he goes and what dragon he will claim you know i already know because i read i've read fire and blood but still still excited to see it uh Uh, and then uh we have the other kids no the uh the strong kids
1: well wait you're (laughs) skipping uh what's her name the daughter Um, oh yeah uh
0: helena um yeah helena is also a super interesting character now in this show uh, because they added some things to her character that I wasn't expecting.
1: Yeah. I couldn't really remember much of her character from the book. Is she like in, in the book much? Am I just forgetting? Uh, She is. Yeah.
0: She's, she's definitely there in the books. Um, And so her, her mother, I believe, or no, her daughter, her daughter is kind of like, they kind of allude to her being kind of like off a little bit, uh, socially and mentally, uh-huh. but her in this show, she seemed like she mm-hmm. might have been like on the spectrum, a little bit autistic or something, uh-huh. um, from what we saw. So that's interesting.
1: And there was one line, I mean, without doing spoilers, there was a line that sounded kind of prophetic that she said.
0: Yeah. So I think she's a green seer. That's my, you know, take on it it Ending. it definitely sounded very green sear like it sounded a lot like patch face like uh interesting interesting things there and uh and so yeah i don't want to spoil anything okay <laughs> but take, take that for what it is um uh, that that those things that she was saying are very interesting ideas <laughs> as she's playing with that bug <laughs> um so yeah helena i yeah really really excited to see where the where they take that character in the show yeah and then we have Rhaenyra's kids we have uh little Jaceris, um Jace and Luceris or Lucaris I don't know how you say it uh Luke like Jason, him Luke. Luke. So Jason uh-huh. Luke very easy mm-hmm. and those kids kind of seemed we didn't get a whole lot of them they're a little bit younger so so that it, they seem sweet uh sweet kids I did think that fight scene like in the uh in the yard when they're sparring between Jace and Aegon. I felt like Jace uh, held his own in that yeah, fight. He, he did. Yeah, yeah, for he's sure. A, he's a pretty good fighter there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even, even with Aegon, like, throwing the dummy at him, you know, mm-hmm. he's still, uh, he still did really well. And uh, so that was cool.
1: Yeah, Aegon, a- Aegon and Eamon definitely seem, like, more rich, bratty, nobility, a la, like, Joffrey, right? From Game well, Jason Luke kind of seem like, uh, you know, almost Stark kids, like kids that we can cheer for.
0: Yeah, definitely. They um, and we'll see how they, they grow up and, and what decisions they make in the future. But uh, for now, that's that's how it seems. Uh-huh. Um, but I did like uh, I did like Aegon a little bit more than I liked him in the, in the book, in the show. I felt okay. like there were some moments there that I was OK with, you know, OK, so. it's got some potential. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a uh, of potential. He's not so Joffrey like.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and then the last was Joffrey, who's just an infant Yeah, yeah, little yeah. baby Joffrey. And okay, so I don't, I don't want to do a spoiler here, but I'm guessing we're getting more time jumps, right? Because some things that I, some things from the trailer were obviously like some of these characters further being aged up. So I'm guessing by the end of the season, like that's basically a confirmed thing we're going at least like 5 more years in the future.
0: Yeah, so I heard there's going to be one more time jump. Not sure when that will be. Yeah, one more. So, which is pretty good. <laughs> so far the time jumps haven't been bad. Um Yeah. Yeah. And now that we have like these official, you know, the Rainiera, Allison and Lenore, you know, actors, they seem pretty solid.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, another thing that I thought was interesting from the book is, and and you kind of alluded to this, the book, uh, just kind of details a lot of events without always providing an answer to some mysteries, like, oh, so-and-so died randomly this year. And as a reader, you're just like, okay, they, they just died. Like they're, they're gone. And the, the Strong's were an example of that. And so I'm looking forward to that Getting some uh, additional answers, seeing the world fleshed out even more. I think it's cool that the bones of the story are there from George, but uh, the showrunners are doing a great job of making it more interesting and more uh, more alive. I would say.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, like I mean, the whole thing with uh, the whole thing with Laris and you know recruiting the, the guys from the dungeon, uh huh, you know to to light that fire and then cutting out their tongues so they wouldn't talk about it. Uh huh. that was that was pretty cool you know it was, it was a good addition and uh i, I think very, they're doing a really good job
1: very very on brand there yeah it, yeah it was it definitely felt like game of thrones i was like
0: yes <laughs> yeah i i agree with you uh the books like this whole time uh 10 year time jump you know there's things that happen uh and we missed a lot in these character in the character development um there but it's you know, in the books, we don't get that much either. So <laughs> we don't actually know the proof of like what happens. Uh, so like those time jumps are okay to us.
1: So we didn't talk about Damon at all. We, we were mostly just focused yeah. on, uh, events of King's landing. So Damon's off in lease just kind of, it is least right. He's just in party. Pentos. Yeah. Or Pentos. Okay.
0: Yeah. He's, um, <laughs> he's over there just kind of being a guest, you know, and, uh, taking his guest right. Just Chilling. Um, but he he's not super uh I don't know. No, maybe it did seem like he was a little bit more uh content with that at, at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he was gonna take that offer. Uh but yeah, but Lena didn't necessarily agree there. She felt she i think she sees the potential in Damon and is trying to remind him of that. Mm because yeah, it does seem like da- Damon's kind of, we don't know what, what's happened in their whole relationship. We don't get that. Uh, So it's, it's kind of hard to know, you know, how intimate their relationship was and, and everything. But yeah, there, you know, that, that I love that whole scene that they were, you know, talking on the, uh on the wall up there, in the castle. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I, I, uh, I appreciated all the scenes with them. And it felt like there was some love there. Like when she died, that was very sad. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. upset.
1: And the, uh, you know, the symmetry to Viserys there where he had to yeah. had to make the same decision. Um, ultimately, I guess he didn't really, we actually, we don't know what decision he made or, or how Lena was able to get out of the birthing chamber and like sneak away from him and, get to vegar like yeah okay like i guess it works because it's a tv show but... but we don't know yeah we don't
0: know i guess there was a scene that they cut out of him like hugging the girls and, and everything but they didn't
1: they couldn't uh couldn't make Damon out to be a softy so well. <laughs> um but, but I, there was there was a scene where he was uh with one of his daughters and kind of seemed like a a decent yeah, he was father and then, he
0: was teaching her high valerian yeah. in their library and uh i thought that was really cool but also he's like Damon spent a lot of his time, it sounds like, studying um, and learning about, you know, his ancestors, the dragon riders that came before him. And um, it seems like he's preparing to, like, rule, you know, mm. uh, and he's, like, teaching his kids High Valyrian. He's, like, uh, preparing them to be dragon riders. It's, like, very, uh, I don't know. He's still, he still thinks that there's a chance for him to, to rule, it seems.
1: And he's got twin daughters. Uh, Bela, was that one of the?
0: Yeah, Bela. Mm-hmm.
1: And and there's one other who I uh, don't. Um, remember
0: her name. Yeah, I can't remember her name right now either.
1: Okay, one of them has a dragon. One has a dragon. One doesn't, and that's kind of the main differentiation between them right now.
0: Right. So Bela doesn't have a dragon, right? Bela uh, does hard not.
1: To, hard to I say. I think. I think. Okay.
0: <laughs> I can't remember, but yeah, one of them. One of them does not have a dragon and uh she has an egg it's like you know been an egg Mm -hmm. for like eight years or something i think they said that Mm -hmm. uh but it hasn't hatched yet which is another interesting point like we don't know what hatches dragon eggs still don't know uh you know like daenerys gets those eggs that were dormant for you know (laughs) so many years and somehow they hatch too so we Mm -hmm. don't know
1: and so now at the end, uh, Damon and his family after Lena perishes, are headed back to Dragonstone to mm. meet up with Brennera. And that's kind of the the lead in to our next episode. So, yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Lines are being further drawn. I guess what else can we expect? And then Otto, who is absent for this episode, will, I mean, I think we can say he's going to be coming back. He's in the preview. After, yeah, after, after the most recent events. And uh yeah, I, I think uh I, I don't think we're going to full scale war quite yet, but I think some of the the introductory acts are upon us.
0: Mm, definitely, definitely. It's there was a lot of setup and a lot of foreshadowing in that episode for events that are coming. really exciting.
1: Okay, so we've done this before, um, uh, but who as you say won the episode and who lost? The episode
0: who won who lost um i would say i mean laris won <laughs> if he, i'm being honest he advanced his cause really nicely he won and uh poor old uh viserys has lost in so <laughs> many a- ways once again he's lost <laughs> in so many ways yeah it's, a, it's such a sad sad ending uh and we see that he's kind of deteriorating so he's getting to his end there. Um, but I, I think Lionel um, was the, obviously the biggest loss, you know, uh, during the episode, like he was, he was such a great hand. Um, yeah. A de- and a decent guy. It. yeah. And Viserys says it like he, uh, you know, he didn't have his self-interest in mind. Like he was, um, he was just mm-hmm. a very, uh, he, he put the realm first he's, and he was trying to get out of that situation. He was like, I, you know, I, I'm trying to resign. I'm trying to leave. But Viserys wouldn't let him. He was trying to flee the storm, you know, uh, as it gathered. And uh, didn't, it didn't work out for him. So, poor guy.
1: I'll say I think uh, in some ways Alicent was a winner in this episode. She was able to uh, take enough control in court to force Renera out, which is something Renera had been resisting for 10 years. So now mm-hmm. Alicent just kind of has the king's ear un, you know, unrivaled.
0: Pouring honey in his ear.
1: Yep. A uh, loser for me? Uh, maybe, maybe Lainer, who seems like he just has a pretty crappy life. <laughs> Poor Lainer. He seems like he's
0: like a decent guy, you know? Yeah. But he's just, he's just not built for it. He's not built for this
1: whole game,
0: for the courts. He's just not, he's not in it. Uh, now.
1: No, he's, he's trapped in this marriage. He's trapped in this, you know, royal expectations, and uh, has nothing to do in King's Landing except yeah. uh, enjoy the the pleasures of life, which right. are only going to last so long. You know.
0: Yeah, but Rainier is like, you know, bring him with you. Yeah, <laughs> which was pretty cool of her.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Uh, anything else? Do we? Did we miss anything? I, f- I feel like we kind of covered covered our bases there. Episode six, the best episode so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there was one
0: other thing that I'm curious about. Uh you know, we we've seen that firefly on the staff, you know, on Larissa's stats. I, I staff, I believe it was confirmed it's a firefly. Okay. Then there's also the brooch that those uh criminals were wearing. Mm. What do you think that means? Um I I don't really know.
1: Um if it's a firefly, maybe it's I mean, a lot of times these whisper type people are in, insectoid, right? So kind of like a, a spider, fighter, fi- a firefly, some kind of symbol of sneaking around and gathering information. I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's int- I don't know, because um, I felt like the rats were kind of more of a, a symbol of Laris. Um, and it's mm. been kind of alluding to what he's been doing in the shadows. huh. But then we get this like new symbol of the firefly and I'm curious as to what, what it means and uh, maybe it's just because he lights fires at Harren Hall and kills people <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we'll find out
1: fire and blood fire and blood all right thanks Hayden appreciate your uh, insight there I think I've learned something hopefully our listeners feel the same and onward to episode seven